0: Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, and I'm a content creator going by the handle Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I also own a vegan cafe by the same name as the podcast, which is Savage Cafe.
1: And I'm Daniel, also a vegan and one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel.
0: We're two friends currently living in different countries, and we'll be giving our savage take on all things life, veganism, and the latest trending topics.
1: So, basically, whatever comes to our minds, because we love to talk.
0: You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the savage podcast.
0: Hello everybody.
1: Today, um similar to actually, uh, recent episodes, we're kind of diving deeper into some of the kind of, um, issues that have been going on. Well, it's been going on for a while, but it's just like, I think right now it's really at the forefront of the media. Um, and I think everything that happened, we, we spoke about George Floyd in a couple episodes ago. Um, and then actually Rose recommended to me a documentary on Netflix, which I watched called it's the 13th, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, it's called 13th. 13th. It's also on YouTube. Yeah. So uh, if you don't want to listen to this podcast and you just want to go and watch that movie, <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. But listen to this podcast. Yeah. But if you take anything out of this, I think that um, everyone should watch this documentary. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you guys have no idea, if you're living under a rock at this moment, and you have no idea what's happening right now. There's riots all over the world, really, but yeah. mainly in the U.S. There's riots, there's protests all over the world. hmm. Um, with regards to racism, systemic racism, and all of this stemmed from the uh, George Floyd incident, which we talked about like two episodes ago. Yeah. And well, that was the straw that pr- broke the camel's back, if Exactly. You will. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because we, as we mentioned too, like there's been, and we'll talk about this in this podcast as well, but there's been so many things that have gone on for so long and you're right. Like that I feel like that George Floyd incident, especially like, I feel like also right now, because we're in quarantine as well, everyone is a bit more kind of like riled up mm-hmm. and then something like that, mm-hmm. just like yeah. it just set up, which is, I think a in, in, obviously it's horrible what happened, but I think in a way it's kind of really, really kickstarted a movement that has been going on for a while, but kind of given it a extra momentum, if you will. Um, Absolutely. so I think that's been really, really good. And you know, this, this particular, um, documentary, how did you find out about it?
0: Okay, so basically, um, the again, like you said, it's not good what happened, obviously, Yeah. but it was good that it was caught on camera and it was good that it got national or international attention mm-hmm. uh, because this kind of stuff happens behind the scenes all the time. And because this was caught on camera, it was now kind of shown to everybody what, mm-hmm. what goes on because, you know... It, it put a face to something that goes on, you know, maybe on a daily basis or it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And the reason why I found out about this documentary, which basically kind of goes through the history of racist, um, policies. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to talk about this documentary in like full detail in this, in this, uh, episode, yeah. but it goes through the history of the racist policies that have happened in the, since the beginning of like time, since like slavery, basically the beginning of the United States mm-hmm. and how all of those things trickled. And and the whoa, what was
1: that? Oh, sorry, there's a door blowing in the window. <laughs> oh, goddamn. Okay,
0: so the history of uh, racism and all of that stuff, and the reason why I found out about it is because a lot of people were talking about, you know, educating everyone, educating ourselves and everyone about all of this, and this was one of the first and most recommended. Uh, movies to watch to educate ourselves yeah, and I mean I couldn't agree more because mm. I think it's hard to talk about racism. It's hard to talk about um you know what we can do now without understanding the context like the yeah. historical context
1: and where it's come from I think you're right it it was a very mm-hmm. powerful documentary to watch because it really does um, break it down and go through kind of since you know even past the civil rights movement and earlier on from like slavery and everything else, how that has shaped you know, the US judicial judicial system as it is, as it stands today, and Mm -hmm. why there is um this kind of criminalization of black people within that and um I think it's, yeah, it's really, really yeah. interesting. And, and some of the like, one of the things that really like was crazy, I just want to like say like one of the lead uh-huh. stats that really like hit me that I was just like, oh, God. It, and, and yeah. it's, it starts from the beginning. I think it's a good way to kind of set off the tone of the podcast in a sense where they said basically the US, so this is something that really like when I heard this, I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. So the US makes up, I think it's, it was 5% of the global population. And right. yet, within the U.S., th- those that are incarcerated in the U.S. make up twenty-five percent of the global incarcerated population.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Which is it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. And out of those, inca- okay, so out of those incarcerated people, uh, this is another statistics that's insane. So mm-hmm. black men account for six point five percent of the U.S. population. Six point five percent. Pretty small, you know, percentage. They make up 40.2% of the prison population of the United States. So don't tell me that there is no systemic racism involved. They're not all criminals. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. You're, oh oh God, there's so much to talk about. But (laughs) uh, the fact of the matter is, okay, let me just like get a few things out of the way because I feel like there are people. And I was actually thinking, I was one of them before I re- understood, like many years ago, before I understood what actually systemic racism meant. Yeah. Because I thought systemic racism meant that there were specific policies that said, for example, like black people can't vote or mm-hmm. women can't do this. But that's not actually the meaning of systemic racism. It's it's not necessarily that it has to be so uh, obviously written in the laws. Exactly. But it's like, it's like everything that kind of maybe... Happened beforehand mm-hmm. that led to the consistent uh, discriminatory policies that consistently keep putting, for example, black people in mm-hmm. jail for minor crimes. Exactly, well, that's and, just one example.
1: Exactly, and I think I think a big point of that as well is when they when they're passing laws or bills or whatever in the U.S. That you're right, it doesn't say. In black and white to say, you know, you need to discriminate against certain individuals, but they put into policy certain laws that by the context of those laws, it is in, in effect discriminating against um, uh, yes. those, you know, minority groups such as black people, exactly. Hispanics and everything else. And I think... One of the good examples that they used in the documentary was the whole concept of the drug war that was going on, and they were saying about you know crack <gasps> or heroin or crack, yeah. co- no, was crack cocaine versus regular cocaine, the powdered cocaine. And yep. they were saying you know the, the powdered cocaine is looked at as more of a kind of elite drug that you know like the business class or whatever yeah. people are using versus the it stuff was that's on a, the It was a
0: suburban drug, yes, and that's then right. the crack cocaine was the cheap urban drug. Mm-hmm. And I have, I actually wrote this down. We're going to go through this, but let's, okay, okay, we'll talk about this and then I'm going to go through this in order because I took, I took like an essay. Okay. Mm. I don't think I've studied this hard since, uh, since university. (laughs) Okay. So when crack cocaine became popular in the 1980s, this took over poor communities, especially African-American because African-American communities have been poor since, you know, because of slavery, let's be honest. And then the sentencing for crack cocaine was much harsher than those for powder cocaine. Mm-hmm. Powder cocaine was more suburban. The yep. same amount of time in prison for 1 ounce of crack cocaine versus 100 gram or wait, 1 ounce or maybe it's 1 gram, sorry. Mm. Basically, 1 gram or 1 ounce, I can't remember. I think it's 1 gram. 1 gram of cra- crack cocaine versus 100 grams of powder.
1: So essentially you would need a so, hundred yeah. times more exactly coke on you to get the same uh, yes. as someone with one, uh, with, and
0: the- let's be honest also b- that, you know, the people that are using cocaine, they're less likely to be busted in the first place. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go bust, you know, the urban, you know, areas and the, and the poor communities. Mm-hmm. So the rich, you know, Wolf of Wall Street people using cocaine mm-hmm. are not going to get busted.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's another factor. Yeah.
0: Anyways. Okay. okay. We're going to go through this in order. We're going to talk about it. This might be a long episode, guys. Mm -hmm. Just buckle up. Uh, Once again, I'm going to link, we're going to link in the show notes where to watch this documentary. Luckily, Netflix made this uh, free on YouTube right now. So I don't know how long it's going to be there. Maybe they'll get rid of it. I don't know. I don't think so at this point. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have Netflix, you can still watch this. So we'll link it there. Um, If you have Netflix, you can watch it on Netflix. Okay. So, One of the first things that they, of course, discuss is slavery, which Mm -hmm. was an economic system and a very, very uh, powerful economic system. Exactly. It's basically what built most of, you know, U.S., you know, economy at that time. Right.
1: And also, also, I think (sighs) with regards to that particular era as well, is it off the back of slavery is where the foundation of a lot of wealth was was grown as well so you look, at, look at especially in the south where they had you know the cotton plantations and all these kind of things you 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 created this um, economic system whereby the individuals the haves the the generally the white white settlers that were mm-hmm. there they would exploit these these the black people the slaves and in doing so they were able to amass quite a substantial amount of wealth so already creating a massive level of of discrepancy right
0: exactly mm-hmm. and then the problem was that so let's so slavery was abolished yeah and so right from there you you like you said because the white people made all this money from the work of the slaves exactly and you know through all of these industries that were built by slaves they made all of this money but then just because you abolished slavery and then now you free the slaves, but you don't do anything to repair that harm then mm. that is going to trickle through through generations because you haven't fixed you know you're not like you're not starting off on a clean slate because yeah. you've already created this extreme you know like discriminatory, what would like extreme? Um, what do you call it? Disparity. Discrepan- yeah. Disparity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm so mad. <laughs> I know so much rage. Um, but also I think okay. in, in that as well, you're right. They, they abolished, they abolished slavery, but at the same mm-hmm. time as well, for those slaves that were abolished, it's like a new era for them as well, where, whereby I don't feel like the government yes. really effectively, um, gave them the tools to, you know, you know entered into the workforce or you know the the, you know this kind of stuff and then also the people that you know had previously quote unquote owned these people were mad because they didn't want to hire them on to pay them now onto their you know farms or whatever else that they were working so it created this massive again they would have created this massive rift already between whites and the blacks so
0: yes mm -hmm. so yeah exactly so you're So then these black people are just, what, they just like freed them. Yeah. And then what? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Well, because you're still living within this very racist society, just Mm -hmm. because you get rid of the slavery doesn't mean that it's going to fix the problem of racism. Exactly. So it, yeah, it wasn't because they thought, oh, black people are the same as us now, Mm -hmm. so we can abolish slavery. That's not what happened. Mm -hmm. So then one of the things that the documentary talks about is a crazy thing that happened basically after the abolishment of slavery, they, um again, forgive me if I get the facts wrong, but basically Mm. one of the uh, policies that they put forward was this is when the 13th Amendment... Actually, yeah. So the 13th Amendment came out of... um, To abolish slavery, but then they put a little clause in there that says, except as a punishment for crime. Okay, so then this was used as a tool and a loophole, and it's continuously used as a tool and Mm -hmm. a loophole to continuously uh, discriminate against certain groups of people, especially colored people. So then what happened after slavery was abolished was that with, because of this constitution, they started, uh, basically incarcerating black people for very small crimes. So for example, like, uh, I don't know, just like loitering or something, just like Mm -hmm. literally not even a crime. And then they were, and then they basically enslaved them again and made them do work as a, as prisoners. Mm -hmm. Insanity.
1: It's crazy. I mean, I, I, I knew, I did know, um, (sighs) A little bit about yeah. uh, um, that the prisons do use um, inmates for, you know, projects and things like that. What mm-hmm. I hadn't realized is what it stemmed from. So all of this situation going yeah. on as to why that happened. And also I didn't realize like nowadays, like this is like, the, like they also said in the documentary nowadays, it's a multi-billion dollar industry using prison labor. Insane.
0: Insane. Which I can't cr- even believe it.
1: Yeah. Which I is can't crazy. believe it.
0: I didn't know that, uh, like I knew... Prisoners, like, did some work. Yeah. But I was like, do they get paid for this? Like, I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Do they get paid? Is that...
1: From the sounds of it, it, from the sounds of it, and I could be wrong on this. From the sounds of that documentary, <laughs> they don't really get paid at all. I think it's part of their yeah, that's punishment, what, um, or I think I—that's
0: insane.
1: Yeah, I have heard of some. I think I've heard of some programs where the prisoners have these like work things that, where they do get paid, but it is quite a little amount. But at least some of them. Yeah. But I think a majority of them—that's part of their punishment—is to do these like really heavy manual labor projects. Yeah. You know, like for example, like building railroads or you know doing these kind of like really manually intense jobs. Um, and so they
0: modern day slavery. Exactly. Essentially.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and nowadays they said that they're using them for like just about everything, like woodwork, yeah. um, you know, growing and like, packaging potatoes, like just the most random, you know, stuff. But again, if you, if, if, and think about the competitive advantage that the, 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 not competitive advantage, but well, yeah, that the company yeah. that's using, the, because
0: it, it cuts,
1: it cuts it, costs. Exactly. Cause they don't have to pay anything, which is so bad.
0: Fuck, everyone stems, every bad thing stems from fucking capitalist policies. I mm. swear to motherfucking God. Okay?
1: <laughs> Don't fucking
0: tell me that capitalism is perfect because yeah. fuck me. Okay? Because so, people are, okay, people so that's are naturally thing.
1: greedy. That's, that's it. That's people it, are naturally
0: you know? greedy. And then you create these systems that are for profit. And, and that's the only thing that we are taught to care about when it comes to capitalism and when it comes to corporations. Yeah. They only care about profit and the bottom line. Mm. So they want to cut, co- anyway, okay, no we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we are. They're getting
1: into a different topic now.
0: (laughs) Oh Oh, gosh. Well, this is all due to like capitalism is literally how most of uh, the reason why this whole slavery thing even, you know, is a thing. Or like that concept of, you know, economy and making a lot of money Mm -hmm. and cutting costs and taking advantage of people.
1: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, the reason, the reason you're right, the fundamental reason why like slavery happened in the first place in the U.S. is because they didn't want to pay people for that labor. Do you know what I mean? They wanted to, you know, they wanted free labor. Well,
0: first, first they stole the land from the native Americans so that they had land. Yeah. (laughs) And then they stole people from Africa, brought them to America. Mm -hmm. And then because they need, because they, (laughs) God forbid they do the work themselves. They yeah. can't do that themselves. No. So now that they've stolen the land, they've stolen the people, mm-hmm. they're going to put the people and fucking, you know, make them do all the work. Okay. So then, okay. Slavery abolished yeah. 13th amendment. It's not doing anything. And then, um, <clears throat> oh yeah. So it was after the civil war, apparently yeah. <clears throat> we're, we're, we're taking a, uh, history history lesson yeah, today. We're taking a kay? little historic, uh, <laughs> historic, <laughs> historic ride. <laughs> Yeah, a yeah, historic ride through mm-hmm. the uh, racial injustices of the American <laughs> system. Yes. okay. so after the Civil War, black people were arrested in mass for minor crimes and then forced to provide labor mm-hmm. to rebuild the economy in the south after uh, yeah after the Civil War. yeah. so this is the beginning of the mythology of brac uh, why can't I talk today? Oh my <laughs> god. I'm like I like I am like a, I can't talk, okay. Yeah. That's the beginning of the mythology of black criminality, mm. where images of black people committing crimes became implanted in within like the American rhetoric. That's what I wrote yeah. here through movies like Birth of a Nation, apparently, which they talked about. In, yeah, they talked about that uh, a lot. The film. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't, I didn't know what this film was about, mm-hmm. but it looks like they basically made uh, a black man, which I think is a bla- a white man in, in blackface. It I is, think, yeah, a hundred percent, based on it, what it, I saw. It, yeah, yeah, based on
1: what I saw as well. That's exactly what it looked like.
0: Yeah. So they took a white man, put him in blackface, and then mm. depi- depicted him as an, a rapist.
1: Yeah, and this is oh, this is a very good point, actually. Yeah, th- exactly. This is it. They were like, "Oh, you need to hide." Blah 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 blah. Like because the the the, uh, the black men are all raping, you know, and doing all this stuff, which is so bad. Because um, in the documentary, they said actually, if you look at the actual figures and stats, it's the other way around. Mm. It's you have pred- predominantly more so than 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 someone black raping a white white woman. You have it the other yeah. way. Where it's a white man raising yeah. a black woman. So, already there, if you just look at the stats, apparently that's exactly what's that's what's been going on. But of course, you have this this movement during that period to to really um, criminalize and make people afraid through images in the media and stuff of black people in general. So you know, you see somebody walking across the street that's black, you grab your you know that that lady's gonna grab her purse now and get on edge because of the images that have been. Um, uh, portrayed back then. And, and they mentioned and still
0: portrayed and to still, this day.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you get shows like cops and all of this stuff, like back in the day, like even a couple of years yeah. ago and actually majority of the criminals that are shown on there are of color when actually, you know, there's a, it's,
0: it was disproportionate. They said, yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's,
1: that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Rose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, apparently we're, we're both not very good with the words today, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's a very charged, a passionately charged conversation yeah. right now. Uh, so the thing is also, I just want to mention that like, of course, Daniel and I knew that uh, there was racist policies. I knew about systemic racism yeah. after I realized that systemic racism wasn't just about a specific like law that was like black mm-hmm. people can't vote, like all that stuff. Yeah. But I didn't not know. I did not know to this extent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After, until I watched this movie. Yeah. And I'm sure you are the same.
1: No, no. It was exactly like, the same How for me. all of
0: this is so connected. Yeah. And how it's like without watching this, you cannot discuss, you know, mm, or without mm. understanding this history, you cannot discuss this topic. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it
1: basically made all the pieces yeah. kind of like fit together. And then you have that kind of moment where you're like, cause you, we already knew and we already kind of like knew some of this stuff was going on, but we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't have the full picture, put all the pieces together and realize exactly. to the, to the extent of, yeah, of how the, bad it is. Exactly. So that was the big thing for me. It was like just the sheer <sighs> extent of what mm-hmm. is going on in the U S and what has gone on for, generations.
0: Yeah. And because it's never been fixed, that's Mm -hmm. the thing. It's like no one ever talked about it to fix it throughout the years, even though, you know, you can say like, Oh, we got rid of slavery. We got rid of these, these policies, but until you fix it and actually look back at history and try to like do something, I don't know what the answer is, but exactly until you have these conversations, you're not going to fix this situation. So Mm -hmm. anyway, okay. So next thing. So, uh, so during this era where, you know, black people were, you know, depicted very yeah, very heavily criminalized and mm. depicted as animalistic criminals. Yeah, uh, a lot of lynchings happened mm. against black people. Uh, just yeah, all over the place. And then mm-hmm. when that became like less appropriate to attack black people, yeah, uh, this is when the Jim Crow laws passed. So this is when the whole, uh, you know, black segregation, yeah, segregation, uh, between black people, white people, that was passed. Yeah. So then, that was also a problem. Um, I don't know if the documentary touched too much on that, but another documentary you can watch uh, is the show called Explained, mm. and there's an episode called Racial Wealth Gap in the U.S. or something like that. Yeah. And they also uh, that episode is also posted, I think, on YouTube, which I just found out. Okay. Um, so that one talks about the reasons why there's such a big wealth disparity between African American families in the U.S. and mm white families in the U S yeah. but anyways, because of these Jim Crow laws and segregation laws mm. that caused even more disparity because for example, you know, white neighborhoods were more, maybe like more affluent. Mm. And if a black family were to move in or to try and move into those white neighborhoods, mm. they would not be approved or, you know, you know, like those things would happen because white people were f- still afraid of black people mm-hmm. and they don't want black people moving into their neighborhood. Cause yeah. like they think it's dangerous and it's going to, uh, push the housing prices down or all, all kinds of fucking fucked up shit.
1: Exactly. And, and, and the interesting thing too, you mentioned like, you know, with these Jim Crow laws that came in, um, mm-hmm. like cause, because, you know, there was that kind of, you had the lynching happen and then you have these laws come in. Well, when these laws came in, it kind of like enabled other people that maybe wouldn't have taken part in the lynchings, but they still have the kind of these thoughts on, um, mm-hmm. Racism and stuff. Are you okay there, Rose? Sorry,
0: I I spilled water on myself.
1: Okay, I thought you were like (laughs) smelling a blanket. I was like, what is going on over there?
0: (laughs) I spilled water on myself. It's my handkerchief. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, but, but it kind of gave, it kind of gave way for, you know, other people to, to start, um, That maybe might not have gotten involved in the lynchings and stuff, but now it gives them almost like a legal backing to say, you know, if I operated a store, for example, I could say, you know, within my legal right to be like, I'm not going to serve you because of the color of your skin or, you know, you're not allowed to sit on this part of the bus. You have to sit at the back. This is the rules, you know, so that automatically creates a a more of a separation than there already was. Um, And it creates, it creates laws that help that back people uh, that Mm -hmm. reinforce this bad behavior, I guess.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. And exactly. And that's what happened. And then, you know, slowly through lots of different hardships and activism, Mm -hmm. the Civil Rights Act passed. And around that same time, another interesting that the documentary talks about is that it was around that same time where the baby boomer generation was entering adulthood. Mm -hmm. So baby boomers, you know, there's obviously an increase in population. Of people entering adulthood, which increased the amount of crime Mm. because just of the sheer volume of people becoming, you know, the age where you might commit crime. OK. But then because it was like unfortunately associated with the same time that the Civil Rights Act was uh, passed, Mm. people then started associating that uh, because, oh, we gave black people freedom. Now we have more crime. So that's another unfortunate part of what happened Historically, Yeah.
1: A series of events. It's almost like, yeah, you're right there. It's almost like they were saying, um, yeah, we've given, we've given, you know, the civil, the civil rights movement, we've given black people more liberation and rights and everything. And now this is how they're repaying us. You know, there's an increasing crime exactly. and then it will create exactly. more of that kind of, um, negative attitude around that.
0: Exactly. So yeah. it reinforces that idea that black people are criminals, even though it could have just been that. And I mean, to be fair though, also, even if, I just want to say this, like, even if there were, there are more black people doing crime, Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to look at why that is the case. Exactly. You know, of course they're going to be doing more crime if they are living in areas that are impoverished Mm -hmm. and they don't have resources. Exactly. It's not an accident that, you know, impoverished neighborhoods have more criminals. Like that's just...
1: I bet you, I like, I don't know a stat off the top of my head, but I can almost yeah. like guarantee it. So there must be some out there somewhere where, cause if you look at like discrepancies between, okay, if you were born into a family that had money or was yeah. moderately well off, probably your chances of becoming a criminal or engaging in criminal activity is so much less. And we did mention this in the George Floyd podcast as well, but so much less than when you grew up in poverty. And I think, Um, you know, and that's a key thing. And we mentioned about like the, the whole, um, when the whole, um, what am I trying to say? I can't talk today either. When, when, <laughs> when you had a, a, the huge slavery movement in the beginning, you created, like yeah. in the beginning of um, the US, like settlement and everything, you have this yeah. huge growth of wealth for certain individuals, white people, exploiting black people, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it's going to create already this, this um, dis- disparity in wealth that's going to continue because again, if you're born into a family, like a, a rich white family, chances are, you're not going to commit crime, you're not going to engage in those behaviors because you already have a kind of, um, what is, that word oh my god why can't I think of it it's like you already have
0: privilege yes you already you already have privilege
1: whereas if you were a a slave that was recently freed with very limited job opportunities because maybe they don't want to hire you because of the color of your skin or whatever else and you can't you know you might be free in the eyes of the law at that time um but you're never able to kind of better yourself so then that generation continually is struggling right so
0: yeah and, yeah. and not to mention that, yeah, white people, rich white people do commit crimes, but they're just mm-hmm. not, they don't get convicted or they're not seen as criminals, if,
1: yeah. if oh that my makes g- sense. Yeah, they're, So they're, they can
0: commit crimes at the high level, mm. but we don't see them as thugs or criminals or anything like that because they're rich and they're powerful.
1: Exactly. Just on a side note on that, guys, if you have a chance, there's a really good documentary on Netflix about, I think it's Harvard... Char- Harvey Epstein, it's just called Epstein or something on there. Oh
0: God, I can't get myself to watch yeah. it.
1: And it's exactly about this. He's like a multi-billionaire and he did some really really messed up stuff and it just talks about how basically he got away with it for so long and even in the eyes is of... It the
0: Wein- I, yeah, is it Harvey Weinstein or is it Jeffrey Epstein? Oh my God. <laughs> What's his name? No,
1: it's Jeffrey Epstein. It's the Epstein. Epstein, sorry, not Weinstein. These
0: Epsteins and Weinsteins? Like what the fuck, dude? I know dude? Weinstein
1: was another guy that also did some really messed up stuff yeah, in yeah, Hollywood. he did
0: some like... like sex, sexual yeah. predatory stuff. Well, Epstein yeah. as
1: well. So, and, and, and mm-hmm. he's again, because he was privileged and very, very wealthy, it shows that even that when he went to kind of trial, it's like not even a real trial the, 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 right. the first initial charges that he got were so ridiculous. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, because I digress. They, have, they have money. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: well, to that point, there is a little quote that I wrote down as well from mm-hmm. the documentary. Somebody said, Oh my God, where is it? Uh, let's see. I need to find it because it was. Oh, we have a criminal justice system that treats you better if you are rich and guilty than if you are poor and innocent.
1: Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, no, I remember seeing this. Yeah, it talked I was to, like,
0: damn. Yeah, because mm-hmm.
1: it talked about bail, right? A big concept of that was bail. So if you are arrested for something and you're rich, you can post or you have money, you can post your bail, whereas other people can't. So there's exactly. So yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that, guys. Yeah. We'll get to that. We're we're not even. This, it's crazy because there's so much, Like I was rewatching this, by the way, I watched it twice so I could take notes the second time Mm. and I was rewatching this and I was like, I can't believe how much I have to write down because there's so many things that I'm just like, this is fucking crazy. This is fucking insanity. And, oh, okay. Anyway, let's keep going. (laughs) Oh, deep breath. Let's keep going. Okay. So then, okay. So then where, where are we? We are in, okay. So then now we are in the 1970s. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Civil Rights Act has passed now technically under the eyes of the law, Mm -hmm. Black and whites are equal, technically, okay? But then now we're in the 1970s, and apparently this is the era of mass incarceration or the Mm. beginning of mass incarceration. And this is the Nixon era when Nixon was president. Yeah. And so this is when the whole war on drugs thing became a big thing, where Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people were getting arrested for and jailed for low-level drug possession and basically this Nixon um, administration just mm. kept talking about this war on drugs, war on drugs, war on drugs. Yeah. Apparently it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like it wasn't even that, like, you know, it wasn't even that much of a deal.
1: Yeah. That w- the
0: average person was worrying about it, but they, they instilled fear into mm. the average person. And then this in turn allowed them to throw a bunch of black people in jail.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like they created basically widespread panic for something that was, that mm-hmm. was, that was not, Worthy or or not not um, it wasn't they're making them yeah. a, a it wasn't of,
0: as big of a problem yeah it
1: wasn't as big of a problem as they made it seem they made it seem like every single person at every street corner <laughs> yeah. is dealing yeah. crack cocaine and you know yeah. dealing drugs and everything and that it was just a, a prolifically everywhere which was not the case yeah
0: exactly and then I have this crazy thing so then mm-hmm. this part was crazy so later on I don't know when but the lit, the Nixon administration admitted that the war on drugs was just a ploy to throw black uh, people in jail. Yes, they this quoted This part was someone. insanity. I yeah. have the quote. I fucking yeah. wrote this shit down because it's fucking crazy. It's insane. So Nixon, the Nixon advisor, John Ehrlichman, whatever yeah. his name is, yeah. said, okay, and I quote, sorry if I got every single i didn't get every single word right but the nixon campaign in 1968 and the nixon white house after that had two enemies the anti-war left and black people yes we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin then criminalizing Both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and Mm -hmm. vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. Mm -hmm. What the actual fucking fuck? It's like they actually admitted this.
1: Yeah. So they knew. This was in
0: 1970. They knew exactly what what they were doing. Exactly. It's so don't tell me, this is a, the the proof of systemic racism at play here.
1: Exactly. And they actually have him in that documentary speaking and quoted him. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, you, 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 what more evidence do you need? Do you know what I mean? You literally yeah. are having government officials and it's, he's not the only one in this documentary that admitted. Exactly. To making more, a, more. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting just there. The, we're getting the, there. <laughs> the tip of the iceberg guys.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically they've created this war on drugs, quote unquote, to pretend that that was the problem, but really this was just their way of putting black people in jail. And I think one of the reasons, I think one of my friends said this, and I think they did touch on this in the mm. documentary, but not heavily. One of the reasons is because when you become a criminal, you actually can't vote, I believe. Yeah. Forever. That, that, yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's still the case, but at least at that time that was the case. And who votes for Republicans uh, more white people who votes for Democrats, more black people. Mm-hmm. So if you throw more black people in jail, They can't vote for the Democratic Party. Exactly. Yeah. So that's another factor to take into consideration here. This is all very fucking crazy. Okay, next.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I just couldn't believe that. Just on a side note, that they had a government official that was part of the administration. That just admitted it. Admitted it. So, And he wasn't the only one. So it just shows you, again, uh, actions and evidence speaks speaks volumes, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So then oh yeah, so that I have the other uh, other person. So this was in nineteen eighty one, Reagan. So Ronald Reagan, is mm-hmm. that is that Ronald? Yeah, is it Ronald I Reagan? So, yeah. yeah. So he was the next president after Nixon, I believe. Yeah, following the and Nixon. And he was he was a fucking awful person. Can I just <laughs> say that? He was fucking awful. Uh based on everything. Yeah. He so this guy, let me just go on a fucking round here. This guy pretends everyone talks about all the fucking conservatives conservatives. Mm. Talks about, oh my God. Like Ronald Reagan is the one that like made our economy so great and fantastic and then this documentary shows you that and this is the fact that under reagan's you know what do you call it like under reagan's presidential yeah presidential time yeah the yeah maybe he made certain people richer but the poverty rates increased
1: so much
0: exactly it was insanity because he didn't care about Mm -hmm. the the people that were poor he only cared about the rich people. Well,
1: I love I love the one quote that he said. He was like he was like, "You know, I understand that I, think po- I know which one. that poverty is increasing. <laughs> um it is increasing. However, it's increasing at a slower rate than it did last year or something like this. And we were like, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's still increasing.
0: But it's increasing. And I was like yeah. And then he's like, "Unfortunately, we don't have money for these uh social programs. So you're just going to have to pay it out of your pocket." Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like what? Like what? It's like, I think the reason why they turn to those social programs is because they don't have money out of their fucking pocket. Exactly. Like, are you fucking, oh God.
1: And part of the reason why, you know, a lot of people also got wealthy in this, in this era as well is because he offered, well, he offered massive tax cuts, didn't he, to a lot of corporations and, you know, high net worth individuals. So, you know, right then and there, they're paying less tax, which also means less government funding for those exact programs. So, Exactly. You know, maybe, you know, him saying, you know, oh, sorry, we don't have the money. Well, yeah, we don't have the money because you cut all the corporate taxes that probably make the country, you know, millions, if not billions a year in tax revenue. So yeah, there's a reason exactly. there's no, there's no budget for it because you've cut all the, all the taxes or not all of them, but like mm-hmm. a huge amount of it. So, and mm-hmm. thus increasing the discrepancy of wealth.
0: Mm-hmm. Which made it even worse. But yeah. anyway, so his campaign strategist lee atwater in 1981 was caught on tape explaining what's called the southern strategy mm. so i think that's the southern strategy is like trying to win the southern vote yeah um and so basically he i'm, I'm gonna quote, like i can't quote it all but i wrote it down as much as i could yeah. so you start out so this is what he said okay mm-hmm. you start out in 1984 by saying n-word 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 and he mm. said it okay by 1968, you can't say the n-word because mm-hmm. that hurts you. It backfires. So you say stuff like force busing or other, you know, words. Yeah. Because and then now you're getting so abstract. So you're talking about cutting taxes and all of the things that are to do with the economy. Yeah. And the byproduct is that blacks get hurt worse than, than whites. The whites. He yeah. said that. Yeah. So he's what he's basically saying in, like, let me just like lay it out for you. What he's basically saying is that back then you were allowed to be overtly racist, mm-hmm. but then now slowly over time, you can't be overly racist. You have to do it in a more subtle way. And then, you know, over time, again, you do it in a slightly more subtle way. You talk mm-hmm. about the economy, you talk about cutting taxes, all of these things, mm-hmm. but you're still hurting the black community and you know that you're doing it.
1: Exactly. Well, and this is the thing about the subtleties of it you know, like, well, not, not the subtleties, but like, mm-hmm. like you said, you went back in, you know, in that, during that time, you could be way more blatantly racist. And even with, you know, the Jim, Jim Crow laws as well, you could literally just be like, get off this bus or whatever, you know? Yeah. And now they're like, you know, really careful, but still fundamentally the goal is the same. So, mm-hmm. you know, the goal is to, like he said, it's going to hurt black people more than white people. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the blatant, Um, obviousness of the racism is gone, but the, the fundamental, goal of what they're trying to achieve is still there, which is
0: horrendous. And I think now to, to kind of digress a little bit now that we're, we're kind of in this era where I don't even know if at this point, all of this has happened and Mm. so much has trickled that I think now I don't want to say that people are being blatantly like, I want to hurt, you know. The black community, like, I want to make sure that black people are thrown in jail. Like, they're Mm -hmm. not going to... they. I don't think they understand themselves that that's what they want to do or that that's what they're trying to do. But now because of all of these things that have already created such a disparity between black people and white people, it is the unfortunate result when you, you know when you have this system that continuously discriminates against certain communities, mm-hmm. which are predominantly black communities.
1: Yeah. Well, it was interesting. It's interesting that you say that because there was a, there's another quote from this, uh, this documentary yeah. where towards the end, one of the guys was saying, you know, a lot of people say, how could, how could people not stand up back in that era? You know, back when yeah. it was so blatant, you know, where they were saying, Oh, this, you know, how could you live like that? And he's like, well, we need to wake up. We're still living in an, in, in an era like this, you know?
0: Exactly. So, it we're ha- just not aware of it. Exactly. Even the people doing the maybe, you know, discriminatory things, they may not even be aware of it mm-hmm. because it's been, you know, trickled down so much they don't even realize. And mm-hmm. that's why it's important to like kind of look at this history.
1: Exactly. Anyway.
0: Okay. So then Bill Clinton uh, ran for president and mm-hmm. because all of the Democrats kept losing because they were quite uh, not tough on crime. Exactly. They're- so he decided to be even more tough on crime. Mm-hmm.
1: They were saying, yeah, they were saying that there was no way at, uh, during this era to win a presidential campaign and appear soft on crime. Everyone that had won exactly. had a, a, you know, really, um, you know, tough stance on on cracking, cr- cracking down on crime. And you're right. Mm-hmm. So that's when Bill Clinton comes in and he was part of the, was it the um, Democratic Party, right?
0: Yes, he was. So he apparently made a bunch of laws like mandatory minimum sentences where people would get a mandatory minimum sentence Mm -hmm. for whatever crime, like for like a certain crime, right? Um, No matter what the circumstances. Mm -hmm. So basically, and it just resulted in longer sentences for a lot of people. He Mm -hmm. did a massive expansion of the prison system. Um, And then later on, they have this clip of Bill Clinton admitting that he was wrong and he made a mistake. I mean, I mean, fuck me. Yeah. I don't know. Well,
1: and I think, I think the thing that was worse than the, I mean, the mandatory minimum is still really, really bad because it does mean that, the, the, that basically, cause the whole idea is that the judge can take into consideration, um, Uh, situational circumstances and things that have gone on and thereby come up with a more fair ruling and say, you know, depending on the circumstance, whereas he took that power away so that it was basically like they have to serve a minimum amount of time for certain crimes. The judge could increase that, but they have no ability to decrease that on other factors. And then the other key thing was that I think is almost worse. They're both not great policies, but the other one was the three strikes you're out, um, right. campaign. So that was just like the sense that, and it the way that he said it sounds a little bit different than the way that it was done in practice. Cause he's like, you commit three violent crimes and you're put away forever. <laughs> you know, that's not, <laughs> yeah. not, that's not really how he talks, but you know, um, and it's th- kind
0: of how he talks. It <laughs> is
1: kind of, yeah. And I think the thing is, is like what, what happened in practice is people that were doing more of what would be considered kind of petty crime or not as serious, like possession of a small amount of marijuana or like things like this. Um, and they were also falling into this three strikes, you're out. Um, and they were getting these people that were incarcerated for life after committing three crazy. small kind of felonies, you know? So it was like, yeah. and that's another, and led to more of a boom in the, in the, ever growing prison population.
0: Mhm. And like, you know what? It's it's fine that you're admitting it, but like let's now talk about a fucking solution. Exactly. Anyway, so then this goes like this is just the fucking first half of the goddamn movie, okay? Goddamn. This is just fucking crazy. Okay, so then uh so then this whole mass incarceration, you know, prisons are everywhere, they're like building all these fucking prisons. Mm-hmm. This all came to be and now we've created already the system uh, that started just putting people in jail for fucking God knows what. And so many people are in jail. It's a big problem. And then mm-hmm. they start talking about what is called ALEC, which is apparently a private club where the members of this private club are politicians and corporations. And under the umbrella of ALEC, corporate members get to propose laws to their political counterparts. So talk about a fucking conflict of interest.
1: 100%. Like,
0: Fucking corruption. Left, right, and center. It's blatant corruption.
1: That is corruption at its best because, I mean, if I understand (gasps) that correctly, if I was a large corporation that was backing a certain political party, I could suggest laws... Or bills to mm-hmm. be passed through. And obviously those constituents, it would be in their best interest to pass those laws because I might be a very, you know, influential. Maybe
0: a lobbyist.
1: Exactly. And also have a lot of money and power behind myself. So then it would be in their best interest to pass those laws. And, and, and interestingly, I think that they said in some of them, like some of the the politicians were, were brushing it off and saying that this was a a bill or whatever that they had put into play and they wanted to do. And they left accidentally left the um, Alec letterhead. Yeah. Or stamp on the actual (laughs) bill. The logo. Yeah. And people being like, well, I don't think that's actually accurate because I can see here that it's not, it's not the case. So.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So basically at Alec, task force meetings, corporate Mm. lobbyists secretly vote as equals with lawmakers on bills that those lawmakers introduce to become laws in the states. And then, so part of ALEC was the Corrections Corporations of America, the CCA, which is a private prison corporation. So this was part of ALEC, and then they started making contracts with states and governments, Mm -hmm. and then the states were required to keep these prisons filled because if you have a private prison system yeah you are incentivized to put more people in prison Mm -hmm. so this was this was a growth industry Mm -hmm. in the 1980s and 90s a growth industry how sick does that sound this is
1: the thing again we talked about how a lot of this stuff is stemming it's basically the foundation of it it stems from capitalism and this Mm -hmm. is another key example as to how capitalism continued to drive this uh you know Kind of racial injustice bus, basically, because um, you have the um, it's a CCA, right? Correct, Correct corrections, yeah, yeah the CCA, the, yeah, CCA. And again, these this, this this shows you that part of this problem is that this part of the correctional facility was privatized and highly profitable, yeah. and the incentive there is to have more people incarcerated. So it's just like really really crazy. Like I don't I don't even know. Like yeah. it's yeah.
0: And when the thing is I didn't actually understand cause I knew that prisons in America, like some of the prisons are, uh, private yeah. and I was like, I don't understand how that works. Like how does a prison make money by putting people in, in, in mm-hmm. jail? And I realized it's because they make contracts with governments yeah. and then they are paid per person. So like if, if a person goes into prison, mm-hmm. they have to be paid like a certain amount to like basically, Keep I don't know, person. cover, yeah, cover yeah. the costs of them you know, being in prison. So they get paid a certain amount by the government, I believe. Am I right? Okay. Yeah.
1: This is what, this is my understanding as well. And then the government pays a fee per person. And then it's part of that, that company, the CCA, CCA, that they have to feed shelter. They have to provide security, all of that kind of stuff. Right.
0: So then they make, uh, so let's say a government, uh, gives them a hundred dollars per, I don't know, prisoner. In yeah. Let's just fucking, okay, whatever. hundred dollars. So out of the hundred dollars, um, basically, uh, this is a for profit system. So they have to make a profit out of that hundred dollars. Mm. So what they do is they, uh, will, you know, provide basically shitty fucking conditions. So basically they want to drive down the costs. So they, yeah. they want to basically drive down the cost So whatever is left over. They can pocket. Exactly. So it's fucked up. So, so they an- will get incentivized for putting more people in prison and then giving mm-hmm. them shittier and shittier, uh, Conditions. Uh, Conditions.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's like, like they also subcontract a lot of their, their things out. So like, for example, the providers for food and everything else. And again, they're, they're all given these long tenor, tenor contracts. So there's actually no, Mm -hmm. with probably limited break clauses. Um, and a lot of them, so once they get these contracts that might be for 10, 15 years, there's not really an incentive until close to probably the renewal date to do anything beneficial or good for these people because they already have the contract for yep. X number of years. So why would they, you know, try to improve the living conditions and stuff? No, they're going to try to squeeze as much as they can out of the out of that system in the 10, 15 years or however long the contract is, right? Yeah. But how crazy it's is it so that, pris- that the prisons are run by private companies?
0: I know. It's insanity. It's insanity. Why do you have a system? Why do you ask why do you have a system that does not want to rehabilitate Mm -hmm. your, your prisoners? Instead you want to punish them, put people in prison because it's going to give you money. You're going to put innocent Mm -hmm. people that have had very little crime. Like they, like they had what a little bit of marijuana on them. Oh my God. What a fucking terrible crime. Let me put you away for like months or years. And then they get fucked over because they're in prison Mm. and then they are scarred. They, you know, they're there with other, like maybe real fucking criminals. And then what, what are they going to learn in that time that they are in motherfucking prison?
1: Exactly. They're going to
0: learn to be, you know, uh, upstanding citizens in a, in a prison that Mm. provides them shitty, shittier and shittier uh, conditions.
1: Exactly. But that's what they say like a lot of this stuff is cyclical, right? So it's like there's so many factors like the, we talked about about, you know, the chances if you if you come from poverty, the chances of you getting incarcerated yeah. are higher. But even if you don't necessarily come from a come po- from poverty, but you get, you know, arrested on a misdemeanor or something really, really small. And then you're shoved in prison for a long time with people that are criminals. That's going to break you as a person and, and impact mm-hmm. you. Um, there was a good example of one guy that uh, I can't remember his name. Khalif
0: Browder, yeah, the guy that got that got uh, wrongly accused.
1: Yes, and he was. Oh my and god, he, his story
0: is so sad. It's
1: so sad, and he basically, basically, they they were trying to get a plea deal out of him. They said, "Look, just admit to this, and you know you'll get however many years or whatever, or you could leave. It would not leave, but like I can't remember that whole story." And he's like, "No, I'm not going to plead to something that I did not do." So he ends mm-hmm. up staying in prison for three years, or two or three years, yeah. in like isolation. He gets attacked by other inmates all the time. He gets attacked by the guards. Then he finally leaves yeah. because of, because he was um, innocent. And then a couple of years later, he ends up committing suicide. So, yeah.
0: So I, I, I wrote down his story cause it's really sad. Well, I yeah. wrote it kind of like you, you pretty much told it all, but yeah. basically he was, he was accused of stealing a backpack, mm. stealing a backpack. He was 16 years old. He was on the street. He had his own backpack yeah. and he was accused of stealing a backpack mm. and then he was jailed. Why the fuck are you being jailed for stealing a motherfucking backpack in the first place? Even if he didn't do it or not do it. Like he, even if he did do it, why the fuck are you being jailed for stealing a backpack? Exactly. Anyways, stealing a backpack and then his bail was $10,000. What the fuck is this shit?
1: But then it just shows you again, if, 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 first of all, if it was somebody white, that got charged with the same crime, they wouldn't have just gone, gone to prison anyway. They would have got a slap on the wrist. But even if they did get into that same circumstance and they came from money, their parents or whoever would post bail for them and they'd leave. Do exactly. You know what I mean? so exactly.
0: And then they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, so then this is when so his bail was 10,000, he couldn't pay the bail of course because yeah. what the fuck, $10,000. Exactly. And then um apparently they gave them yeah, they gave them this like plea bargain. And the I don't even understand this plea bargain. Is it basically like because I've seen different interviews where they said that oh, if you plead guilty, you'll get like 2 years versus Uh, If you go to trial, you might get 15 years or something like that. Yeah. Like, would they just let you go if you plead guilty? Is that how it works? No, I think you
1: would still have to serve time. You you would would still still have have to serve. Yeah. yeah. Because you still have to, you know, pay... For your your pay um, your dues, even exactly. though you didn't
0: fucking do anything.
1: But I think part of the reason why, well, one, he didn't commit the crime, so that's why he didn't want to plea. But also I think because they mentioned this in the documentary as well, is once you are um, convicted of a crime, it is like a stamp on your kind of name. Right. And so later on, so if for example, if you get wrongly convicted, or not wrongly convicted, if you don't do the plea bargain and you don't and you and, and you get out like he did, he won't be bar- branded as necessarily a criminal because there was no no crime committed. However, if he took the plea bargain, even if he got released two or three years later, um, right. he would be brandished as a criminal, even if it's a crime he didn't commit, but he just took the plea bargain.
0: Right. So that's my understanding okay. as yeah. to why he wouldn't th- want to do that. I think I think you're right. Yeah. And and they said that 97 pe- uh, 97% of people locked up have a plea bargain and they don't actually go to trial insane insane Mm -hmm. and then so then and then they said if you exercise your rights to a trial you'll be punished more so they don't want you to go to trial they just want you to fucking take the plea bargain exactly so then this guy unfortunately for him i mean i don't god his story is so sad so i think there's actually a documentary on his story on netflix Mm -hmm. as well um which i need to watch i think i started watching it a few years ago and then i was like oh my god i can't watch this it's like too sad yeah. anyways he was j- he was in jail for three years and he spent about two years in solitary confinement and then of course they're mm. not going to give him the mental health you know like first of all solitary confinement already is going to fuck up your mental health like mm-hmm. that is the worst there's one of the worst things that anyone could well, go through
1: and i think i didn't fully understand this um, i always knew this i always knew that solitary confinement it really messes yeah. with your mind and everything else. But think about like what we've all just experienced doing quarantine and everything else and how our emotions and we've been in our houses and then comfortable. I know, you know we've what been I mean? Comfortable. These people that are put in solitary confinement are generally put into a room that has no light and they have limited human interaction and it's pitch black. So like imagine okay, that. I don't know if
0: they're pitch black, but it's definitely no windows. Yeah. There's no I windows. Think pitch black, I think they. that's, Oh my God, if that was the case, like, that would be very bad. Yeah, maybe that was
1: the olden days. I could be wrong on that one. But yeah, it's that, that was it's, the olden days. Yeah. But it's definitely,
0: like, no... There's a lot of places with no windows. They yeah. don't have contact with other inmates. And exactly. that is still... Apparently, in 2020, that is still... uh, That is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. And then... It's messed up. Yeah, and then he got... Yeah, and he got beat up in jail multiple, multiple times mm-hmm. and just... So many fucked up things happened to this poor kid. And then two years after his release, he killed himself at the age of 22. He tried to kill himself multiple times. I know. It's just, it's like the worst. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think it's just the way, the way, um, that probably the the toll that it took on him mentally, you know what I mean? Not just being in the solitary confinement, but the whole prison. And then also, you know, coming to that realization or not even that realization, probably already knowing, but being a product of a country that really doesn't support you because of the color of your skin,
0: you know, mm-hmm. in the,
1: in that, in that, in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, you know, that would be really, really hard to come back from, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is just like really, really sad. And I think to myself, like, you know, I, for the most part, if, if I was ever put behind bars it would mess me up. Like, it would
0: just. 100%.
1: Mess me up. You know, like, I would not be the same person that went in, even if I was only for a couple, like a year or two, because, you know, the shit that goes on in there, it's just, it's not a pleasant environment. So, mm-hmm. it's gonna and mess was, you up mentally. He was
0: accused of stealing a backpack. How is this even a crime? How That's are you putting thing. people in jail for this? Mm-hmm. It is fucking. I mean, of course it's a crime, but it's a very, very, very fucking petty crime.
1: Exactly. Like,. <laughs>
0: And like, I'm sorry, can't you just like check what's in the backpack and like, I don't know. They just wanted to throw him in prison. Basically. They just wanted to fucking throw someone in prison. Maybe they needed to meet a quota, which Mm. is fucked up, but this is what happens when you take people and turn them into profit commodities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, another thing that they of course talked about was the prison system is focused on punishment rather than rehabilitation. So, they become basically broken within the system, like we just talked about. And mm. there's very little done to rehabilitate them. So, the prison system in the US is not focused on actually making these people better people. Because yeah. then, after they come out, which you're right, this is probably why a lot of people don't want to uh, plead guilty because mm. it's hard to get a job. Exactly. It's hard to, you know, because you're going to have to say, I'm a convicted felon or I'm a convicted yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. You can't get student loans, uh, private Mm -hmm. rentals. Uh, it's hard for life insurance. And Mm -hmm. apparently you, I don't know, again, I'm not sure about the voting law, but apparently you can't vote.
1: Yeah. So, 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 so my question then would be, how are these individuals that are supposed to, you know, reintegrate into society? How, how are they able to do that? Because you're essentially, the government is taking away some of the fundamentals of how you integrate into a society, you know, if you're trying to. Like it's, it's just, it, it and then what's going to happen is they're going to end up back in the prison system. Yeah. Like, because if you Exactly. And then you, you
0: ask, oh, why are they committing so many crimes?
1: Yeah. Well, if you think about it, you're right. Like if they, especially like in their job application, you have to probably, actually most places you have to indicate it, they do criminal checks and that's going to definitely hinder you in getting a, a, a job. And in that mm-hmm. case, if you can't get a, you know, regular job, what else are you going to do? How are you, you have to make money exactly. to live.
0: Exactly. And so then people... Oh,
1: you're forcing See, the hand of, the things, of
0: people. Exactly. You're forcing people mm. into a desperate situation exactly. and they can't integrate into society. What the mm. fuck are they supposed to fucking do? You yeah. don't have fucking programs to help them feed their fucking family. Mm. You don't have you don't have a way of them to integrate back into society and become, you know, an upstanding citizen. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to commit more crimes. And then what happens is you're going to put innocent people in, uh, in jail for like having a little marijuana on them or yeah. having a little crack cocaine or whatever. You put them in jail for like, Force, I do p-
1: allegedly stealing a backpack
0: or allegedly stealing a backpack. Mm-hmm. And then they have this criminal record on them. Yeah. So for something they were maybe, you know, a little troublesome teen, maybe, you know, maybe mm. they had a little, you know, a little bit of, you know, like how many of us have gotten in trouble as a teen? Like so many of us, exactly. but then some of these people go into jail and then they come out, can't get a job, and can't integrate back into society. And then they're going to become worse criminals as a result of that.
1: Exactly. Because it's the same. It's the same. It's just like we, we, we again, we just have to think of it logically as, as our, as our own individuals. If I was in a situation whereby I couldn't get a job, there was nobody willing to hire me. I had no support from my friends or family. um, I was by myself or whatever you have to, I have to eat. I have to make, I have to make money. Yeah. What What other options do I have? You know what I mean? Like if, if that's the, 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 the hand that's dealt to you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I, yeah. I, I can see why that, that would become, and they always do say about this like prison cycle and that this, this whole secular secular cycle of um criminology crim, of, of criminals, right? Like people that yeah. get banished, bar, uh, people that get <laughs> um, barnished, barnished, Banished? No. I not. don't know. Anyway. A
0: banished? I don't know. Branded. branded sorry.
1: Branded, branded. Branded. People that get branded yeah. as criminals and then they end up in this system, it's often quite hard to get out of it because yeah. of exactly what we mentioned. So.
0: Exactly. Uh, so um, one of the things that I want to touch on is because, because some pe- people uh, have come out and were they were saying stuff like oh george floyd was a criminal he had a criminal past of course mm-hmm. like they say and then they say well of course you know what happened to him was unfair but mm-hmm. stop branding him as this like angel i'm like no one is branding him as a fucking angel mm-hmm. first of all like yeah. i'm not i'm not sitting here dissecting his fucking life and yeah. seeing if he's worthy of our sympathy. I'm mm. not going to look past at his past wrongdoings or right doings and mm. make a judgment call as to whether or not, you know, I'm going to be sympathetic to a man that got fucking killed on the street by a police officer for a yeah. fucking uh forged check or whatever the fuck it was. Exactly. What I'm what I'm concerned about is the fact that this man for no reason at all was killed on the street by a police officer because he exactly. was fucking black. Let's be motherfucking honest. And then The thing is, this woman... Oh, my God. I hate this woman. This woman... Mm -hmm. There's this black woman that is, like, conservative. Mm -hmm. And I think she's paid by the... uh, I think she's, like, uh, funded by, like, right-wing, you know, corporations or something like that. Anyways, she comes out and she does this whole fucking video, which, scarily enough, a lot of people were, like, you know, go you. Like, I'm glad you said this. Because she was, like, going off about how he has this, like, huge criminal past. And he goes... And she starts, like, listing his you know, criminal history. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it's been a long time since he's actually been convicted of anything, but yeah. it's funny because like half of the shit that she listed is like, literally he went to jail for like 10 months for having an, less than an ounce of cocaine on him mm-hmm. or something along those lines. So he's gone to jail a few times because of those exact same petty crimes that we just yeah. discussed having possession, possession of drugs. Yeah. So then why is he in jail in the first place? Let's fucking talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. You put these people in jail for absolutely no fucking reason. And then you ask why, Oh, why are they committing crimes?
1: Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Anyways, the whole thing yeah. is just like, and again, with that, with that particular example the george what happened with george floyd and what often yeah. happens to a lot of other people again we never said at one point we're not we're not saying that that, that person's an angel or whatever else yeah. but you need to analyze the situation and look at what happened and i think yeah. that the key thing here is 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 regardless of what crime he allegedly committed be that you know the the forged check be that what maybe he killed somebody we don't know well we don't know right but yeah. Well, we do know. We know what what he was. Um, I'm yeah. using this as an example.
0: Yeah, even if it was the worst exactly. case scenario, and even he was a fucking was, serial killer.
1: Exactly. Even if it was that. Ted worst... Ted Bundy
0: got a fucking trial. it. Exactly. A fucking, but
1: this fuck. is it. This is it. Even if that was the extreme, because I think I don't think there's really much worse crime that you can do than killing another person. Um, uh-huh. Is you are t- entitled to that trial. And you're again. You're innocent until proven guilty. And it's the action of the of somebody that's in a position of power that we are we are taught to trust in society, and someone that we call when things go wrong. That they're clearly violating that that level of trust, and it's you know through uh, you know a blatant violation of that individual's rights because of the color of their skin. So, exactly. you know, that's that's the issue there. We weren't talking about whether or not, you know, George Floyd committed a crime, whether or not he was a, an angel in, a, in his life. What, but that, none mm-hmm. of that. That is actually irrelevant. It's what happened it's in irrelevant. that moment. It's what happened it's in that irrelevant.
0: moment. It's irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So oh then God. let's look at the, uh, I'm just going to, okay, so lifetime likelihood of imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is for men. Okay, mm-hmm. so this for white men, it is one out of 17 likelihood for imprisonment. For black men, it is one out of three. Yeah. One out of three. Um, This is a problem. This is yeah. a fucking problem. And like we discussed in the beginning, black men account for 6.5% of USA population and 40% of prison population in the United States. Something I mean, is fucked insane. up. Yeah. Something is fucked up. The math does not add up. No. Okay? And... Again, even if you were to take the stance, which is not true, even if you were to to take the stance that these are all fucking criminals. Oh, my God. They're Mm. all criminals. Okay, so then why is that the case? Let's address that as well. But fact of the matter is most of these people, a lot of these people are charged for very minor crimes like we've just seen here. Forged checks, fucking possession of cocaine or possession of crack, fucking, you know, stealing a backpack, like crazy Mm. shit.
1: You know what would be a really interesting study? I'm not sure if it's been done or not, mm-hmm. but like I think mm-hmm. what would be really, really interesting is to analyze the um, demographics. Well, I mean, the demographics of the U.S. prison has already been analyzed, but looking at the... Um, Uh, the nature of the crimes just to see because I think you're right I think that if you look at those I'm sure there are I could could put money on it I bet Mm -hmm. you there is but if you look at you know visible minorities and the the seriousness of the overall seriousness of their crimes versus Mm -hmm. you know if you look at white people that are in prison and the seriousness of their crimes I could almost Mm -hmm. bet that the the seriousness of the white white people's crimes that they're in prison for would be more they're more
0: serious yes so
1: I mean I'm just again throwing things out there I don't know guys like I don't want you to think on the podcast I haven't done any research on this I'm just throwing this out as my own hypothesis which (laughs) um further research is needed so
0: I mean based on these numbers um I don't think it's a very crazy hypothesis yeah let me see if I can find a quick statistic here so oh my gosh let's see African Americans are incarcerated at more at uh, more than five times the rate of whites Mm -hmm. um Let me just see. Come on. Let me, give me some, give me some minor crimes, minor crimes or Mm. not minor crimes. Okay. So drug sentencing disparities. So this could be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, in the, 2015 National Survey on Drug Use About on and Health. About 17 million whites and 4 million African-Americans reported having used an ins- illicit drug within the last month. African-Americans and whites use drugs at similar rates, but the imprisonment ah. rate of African-Americans for drug charges is almost six times that of whites. African-Americans represent 12.5% of illicit drug users, but 29% of those arrested for drug offenses and 33% of those incarcerated in state facilities facilities for drug offenses. So yes,
1: there we go. I rest my case. I rest my case. There we go. It's right. Thank you for that Rose.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a surprise. It's very obvious when you look at these numbers, it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. Okay. So then I just want to like the, the lady at the end here said Mm -hmm. this like quote that I tried to write down as much as I could, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it out because it kind of sums up this whole thing here. So Throughout American history, African-Americans have repeatedly been controlled through systems of racial and social control that appear to die, but then are reborn in new form, tailored yeah. to the needs and constraints of time. Yeah. After the collapse of slavery, a new system was born, convict leasing. So this is when uh, they started convicting, you know, black people for, you know, nothing and then yeah. putting them to work. So which was a new form of slavery. Mm-hmm. Then a new system was born, which was the G- Jim Crow system. Yeah. So that... That relegated the African-Americans to a permanent second-class status. And now we have a new system of mass incarceration, which strips millions of poor people, overwhelmingly poor people of color, yeah. uh, of the rights, of the very rights of the civil rights movement. So they mm-hmm. don't have the same rights because, again, they can't vote. They can't do these things. Yeah. So there you go.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because it, it does... It does keeps shifting as the time keeps shifting. Cause they mentioned this briefly in the documentary and I might get this wrong, but you know how before mm-hmm. it was, um, the government, um, sorry, the private company, the CCA, the criminal, uh, corrections association yep. or whatever it was. So they yep. were profiting from having people incarcerated. Now there's like this new wave that's coming through where they're doing a lot more like, um, They were talking about like home arrests or like um, doing probation and things like that. And they were were talking about how now the company that does the like brace, uh, the ankle brace, brace, the ankle
0: bracelets to keep people uh, staying at home.
1: So they're now part of you. We mentioned about ALEC before. So apparently the CCA is no longer as big, big of an influence and not part of the ALEC group. And this Mm -hmm. company that makes these ankle bracelets and, and, and focuses on probation officers and all this kind of stuff, they've become part of the ALEC group. So now we're seeing in the U.S. I don't know if it's exactly happened yet, but they mentioned this in the documentary. They're seeing this shift to instead of incarceration, they're thinking now moving towards... Home arrest, probation, this kind of stuff, because that company <sighs> seeks to benefit, and that's the laws that are going to get pushed through through Alec, because now the CCA is not yeah. part of the Alec, and they're like, oh well, you know, you, we're not making money from you anymore.
0: Do ah. these people not have souls? Like, do they actually
1: not have souls? I don't know. Like, you would just think that you would just if you worked for a company like that, you would just feel you not would just,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's insane. It's, Mm -hmm. it's literally insane. I mean, I think if you worked for the company, you would, they would tell you things and you would probably tell yourself that it's not, you know, that this isn't real. Like this isn't the case. Mm -hmm. Like they had that guy from Alec that did the interview in the movie. And like, he was just like, he never said anything of, you know, substance. He just basically just denied that all of those things ever, you know, are the case, even though it's just out there and it's so Mm -hmm. obvious.
1: Well, he, I think he had one too many glasses of the company Kool-Aid. So, you know, (laughs) he was definitely, uh, a very much an Alex supporter. I mean, obviously he's an employee there, so, um, but you're right. He didn't really say anything too much of substance and he didn't really say anything. I think he, he didn't really like, yeah, he didn't admit to any, any wrongdoings. And I do think if we're having like another issue that I had with this documentary, Um, not an issue with the documentary itself, but the content Uh was the fact that you have somebody like Bill Clinton coming forward and admitting that some of the bills and stuff that they passed weren't effective in achieving what they were trying, trying to, and that there Mm -hmm. was wrong, that should automatically place a, um, what's it called? Like a a pressure or in a review of that particular law where it should be like, actually, we need to look at this now, but it doesn't seem to be that that's the case that's happening. It's still continuing, um, Mm -hmm. Because and everyone's
0: comfortable now. And yeah. because like they said, it's very difficult to change and reform this prison system because now there's so much money involved. So now we've got all of these corporations that are tied to this private prison system. And then now we've got people mm. uh, working within the prison system. That's all tied to a bunch of corporations yeah. where they they gain something from having well, these it, prisoners do their work. Exactly. So they want more prisoners there, too.
1: You literally have, so you have the prison industry, which is uh, in itself um, millions and mi- makes millions and millions of dollars. Then you have this <clears throat> labor of this f- essentially free labor of convicts, which they said, and I think that, and don't quote me on this, but I think they said it's almost $900 million worth of labor or something that they're providing. It's,
0: yeah. Something like that. It's insane. Almost a,
1: almost a trillion dollars of free labor for companies and these yeah. corporations are not going to want to get rid of that you know what i mean like it's in their best interest for them to continue continue with, with with this whole process you know yeah so i mean the question that remains is or not remains but the question is how does the us and probably in some in maybe a smaller regards in other countries and stuff but m- mm-hmm. you know primarily this was you're talking just focused on the us and the yeah, issues there yeah this
0: was focused on the us yeah
1: How do they go about rectifying these issues and how do they go about reforming not only, um, what's going on with individual, at an individual level, but at a, at a societal level that is looking at, you know, has had this, um, built up view of systemic racism, you know, it's been going on for so, so, so long. How do you correct mm-hmm. that? Because there's more to do than just the, cause we're not just talking about the criminals that are in the incarcerated. We're talking about a society, a societal yeah. view that needs to be shifted, you know? Yeah. So, well, I think
0: it's uh, it's starting with the riots. Yeah.
1: Well, they <laughs> It's di- starting
0: with, uh, yeah.
1: They said that these riots with the, with the global riots and everything that's going on, it is actually, um, the fact that it took place in so many countries and stuff as well. It's the mm-hmm. biggest riot ever. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: so. Because mm-hmm. now I think, because I mean, thanks to social media and internet. And uh, I think it's also, again, because of the fact that we were uh, in lockdown mode, we were, mm-hmm. you know, COVID COVID mode, people are already yeah. a little bit, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit uh, riled uh, up. Yeah, riled up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we're spending a little bit more time, maybe on the internet. Mm-hmm. And we see these things. So we've kind of come together more. More so than we would otherwise because if we were just like living life as normal, then maybe we wouldn't have paid so much attention to this story. Exactly. So, you know, in some ways it's been it's been a good thing, I think. Yeah. And um yeah, I don't know I think I don't know the solution. Obviously, I'm not going to be able to fix the solution, but I think Mm -hmm. how it starts is, yeah, having these conversations is number one and understanding this history, because Mm -hmm. if you don't understand it, you cannot change things because you're right. If you just look at right now in this moment of time Mm -hmm. and look at, oh, you know, there's no law in place that says we can put more black people in jail than white people. So there's no, there's no racism here. Mm -hmm. So that's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, there's no such thing as racism. It's just that black people commit more crime. yeah. So therefore they should be arrested. But Mm. until you understand anybody that thinks that way needs to watch this documentary and tell me why they think that way after watching this documentary. Mm
1: -hmm. It's an eye opener. Yeah. It's a, it is, is an eye opener. And again, like just speaking on my behalf, I understood some of the stuff that went on, like it's to some level, but to the level um, that they go in this this documentary was mind blowing, and actually, there's it was on Netflix that I watched it. There was an after interview with the um, director and Oprah, oh. and they were talking about it. And even Oprah was, was like,
0: Ava. "Is that is that her yes, name? Ava? Yeah, Ava. Yeah. Ava."
1: And her and Oprah were talking about this, and Oprah was like, "You know, this documentary. She's like, you just were able to cram so much into the like kind of ninety minutes or hundred minutes that the documentary was, and a lot of it is stuff that you know is really it's it's stuff that she didn't know either. You know, it's coming to the forefront of like tons and tons and tons mm-hmm. and tons of stuff, and even the director the, the director of the documentary, Ava, was talking about she didn't know about the whole Alex situation either. That was something that they just uncovered yeah. while they were doing the whole documentary. Yeah. So there was a learning process so it's there not for even, them. It's not
0: even just white people that don't know this. It's like exactly. even black people, a lot of black people probably mm-hmm. don't know this.
1: Exactly. So yeah. just crazy. There's another
0: great documentary by I think the same... Uh, director? Well it's not a documentary actually. It's it's called When They See Us. Have you watched oh, it, Daniel? Yes.
1: No, I haven't watched it yet. Um you need it's to watch on it. my list of to of, of to watch. Prepare to prepare the
0: tissues. Prepare oh, the gosh. fucking tissues. I don't know how so much more this this I can one, take, Rose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think okay, well, important note is to uh maybe not watch all of these all at once because yeah. you might go into a dark place. Okay. Yeah. So take care of your mental health. Make sure you're you know it's okay if you don't constantly consume this because it's it's a lot to take in. It is. So um, but when, you know, after you have your little fun, by the way, it's Daniel's birthday soon. So everyone Yay. wish him a happy birthday.
1: Oh, thanks <laughs> By the guys. time this
0: comes out, it'll be, uh, it'll be after the fact, but, uh, yeah, true, true. uh, so, oh yeah. So the documentary, uh, it focuses, it's a dramatization of a real life situation. Yeah. So, uh, five black boys were arrested and convicted of raping and assaulting a, a white woman in central yeah. park. Yeah. So this was a big story and they're called the central park five mm-hmm. and they were, they were convicted. They spent a lot of time in jail and they were finally released after, you know, quite a few years Yeah, and it's like their story, but like dramatized and it's so sad. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just one example of, you know, of many. the lives. Yeah. One example of so many lives that are ruined because of situations like this. Yeah. So,
1: whew. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh god, and I mean that's yeah, the, it's, that, it's a that, sad one. That's the thing that's sad is like you know we're seeing you some of it like at the forefront like the the George Floyd thing the mm-hmm. you know when they see us this kind of stuff, but then you have to think that this representation in our media right now is probably only mm-hmm. a small amount of what is going on. So exactly. think of all the lives that have been impacted and and, and destroyed. And we
0: don't see their um, yeah, and, and we, we, we don't never don't see their, see their, their stories their story exactly yeah. So, yeah. So well, I'm, hoping, uh, yeah. I'm,
1: hope, I'm hoping like you said though, this, this kind of, this situation with, with, with the COVID and everything, I think this might be something positive that comes out of it. Cause obviously the this yes. whole situation has been crazy with Corona and everything else. But I think in a way when this happened with George Floyd, I think it kind of because of all these, it was like a perfect storm of different factors. It really kind Mm -hmm. of like, like I said earlier in this podcast, it really, really drove continued momentum. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, this movement was already happening and it's been happening for a number of years, but this kind of has been a global explosion, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it's, so I'm hoping that this is something that's positive that we can all take from this Corona, uh, situation and, Um, hopefully that will, this will start to see a wave of change, not just in people's mindsets, but in some of the legislation and things that are in place in the mm-hmm. U S and other countries that probably have similar oh kind of laws and things like that. So,
0: well, I mean, you know, the, it, it's, I, the, the U S looks like a fucking war, war zone right now. Yeah. It's crazy. It is and nuts. Trump is uh crazier than ever before. Oh God. And it's, it's absolutely just, mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing, the, the violence, I just want to say a little bit something about the violence and the looting or whatever that's happening. Mm. I It's not that I condone this, okay? It's not like I'm like, woohoo, go and destroy small businesses. Of course, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. But you push people and you push people and you push people and you push people and you discriminate and you oppress and you put people in prisons for no reason mm-hmm. and you kill people on the street. And then you are surprised that people are mad and destroying things. Like, yeah. really? like this isn't like this doesn't happen by accident you don't just randomly have people just fucking being violent in a large group you know and it's not of course it's not all protesters but i mean there are real protesters doing this kind of stuff it's not just like you know there are real protesters mad and angry Mm -hmm. but like you're gonna treat people like second class citizens and treat them like shit and you push people to the point where they don't trust anything that you do and then you're you're like, Oh, why don't you protest peacefully? They've done, they've done the protesting peacefully. It didn't do mm-hmm. anything. And that's why they're fucking pissed off. Yeah. So it's like, listen to them. Maybe you want to listen Exactly. Of, you know, instead of being like, don't do this. Don't be violent.
1: Exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe listen to what people are saying and actually take some of that into consideration and, and start, yeah. start reflecting that in the policies and the changes that are made. And you're right. Again, we're not saying it has to be thought of, it has to be well thought of, right? Because we've already seen with yeah. this documentary, you know, abolishment of slavery, in a way, that concept of abolishing slavery was a good idea. You wanted to free these people, right? But at the same time, then you're not it's not completely thought about because then you don't think about the economic impact that that had that created uh, all this other stuff. You don't mm-hmm. think about how you need to now empower certain individuals that had previously been slaves to, to mm-hmm. enter into the workforce and whatever else. And also, you need to be changing the mindset of the people that were quote-unquote the masters to to look at these people as equal citizens as they should be um yeah and by not taking those steps and just making a rash decision it could be the same like we're not saying that all of a sudden the states needs to be like let people out of prison and whatever else it needs to be like steps need to be thought of consciously to be able to effectively come up with a solution and I don't know what the right answer is I mean who knows right there's got to be a plenty but I feel like there's like steps that need to be taken and considerations like wider considerations to be made you know
0: yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I'm not a policymaker, but yeah, yeah, it starts with everyone understanding this whole situation, because Mm. if you don't understand it, then you're never going to make the right decisions. And um, another thing that I want to just quickly touch on, which um, was uh, brought up in the uh, Explained episode. So Mm -hmm. the Explained show on Netflix, the episode of the racial wealth gap. And this basically highlights how crazy this wealth gap is. So this Mm. isn't about income. It's about like the medium median wealth among households. So this like, you know, takes into consideration assets versus like liabilities, all that kind of stuff. So the median wealth among white households in America is $171,000 among black households. It's $17,600. That's
1: insane. Insanity. Yeah.
0: Insanity. And that's because of many, many years of, discriminatory practices that have, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of built up along those years, starting from slavery, because like we discussed, the black people did all the fucking work because they were the slaves and they were not properly, uh, incentivized. They were not given anything after the slavery was over. Exactly. So the white people that enslaved them just got to keep all the fucking wealth
1: it wasn't redistributed. Yeah. It wasn't redistributed. Cause that's another thing. Why didn't they think of that when they were doing the whole abolishment of slavery because and stuff? Because
0: they They'd, were still racist.
1: Exactly. Cause exactly. But fundamentally what should have happened is those people that had worked as slaves and made people multimillionaires or whatever at the time, um, there should have been a redistribution of wealth, but that's never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's even now when we, st- we, we still have in, in, in sense like this large discrepancy of wealth, and it's never yep. going to necessarily get redistributed. So it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes crazy? I feel like, you know, humanity needs to just fucking die out or something. We're fucking evil. <laughs> We're fucking evil.
1: Oh, God.
0: We should be ashamed of ourselves.
1: I know. But hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a silver lining and something positive is coming <sighs> out of all of this commotion and all this stuff that's happening and something that makes real impact and change. But not in a thoughtful way. You know what I mean? Yes. Like not, not a change that's just brash that's just like this is what we're yeah. gonna do, but in a thoughtful yeah. and constructive way. So Exactly. Hopefully, so that's yeah, guys. What happens. There mm-hmm.
0: you go. Um, there's our breakdown of uh 13th, the yeah. documentary. You can mm-hmm. find it on Netflix, you can find it on YouTube, the full documentary. Yeah. Um this is I think the best thing to watch if you want to start out by learning, you know, what's going on in the States. Yeah. Uh and then you can, you know, do more research from there.
1: Exactly. hundred percent. It's really, anything really good to say, Daniel. Uh, not really. I just think, you know, yeah, check out the documentary. It's awesome. Um, you know, really, really insightful. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about yeah, it. Yeah. Stay me.
0: safe though. Mm-hmm. If you are in the States, yeah, stay oh safe. If you are protesting, wear a mask, like yeah. let's, let's try to at least that's one concern.
1: <laughs> yeah. Remember we're As still, the, we're still living we're in, still the, in COVID. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This is still the we're, st- we're still um what is it called? The new norm, you know? The new we're still living in the oh. new the what's what is the is new it, norm?
0: Is 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 that the term that people are using? New norm?
1: Well, no, I think oh, I think I use that out of context actually. The new norm oh, is okay. what's gonna happen. Well, what's kind of happening in Spain right now where it's like we're allowed to go shopping and do stuff, but we have to wear our masks. It's like our oh, new our new norm. But yeah, just oh, be mindful. Okay. The corona is out there, the the COVID yeah, is out there. there. So let's let's yeah, be mindful of that.
0: There might mm-hmm. be a spike, but yeah, mm-hmm. just be careful. Um, try not to, you know, hurt yourself. Stay mm-hmm. safe, stay healthy. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you in the next episode.
1: And uh, yeah, feel free to give us a little comment below in the comment section. Yeah. Give us a thumbs up if you like the video or wherever share this, you're listening to if it. You yeah.
0: find it. If you find it interesting, share this. And helpful. This. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, awesome. guys. Awesome. Thanks,
1: guys. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs>